We are on, folks. Are we? Yeah. Wow. Apologize for the little delay. Weird stuff happens when it rains yes, around right. here. Yes. It um, does. I, I just learned something that yeah. I've been using a cuss word, and uh, uh, I'm going to give credit to Denise on this. So if it's not a cuss word, then uh, somebody get her father on the line. Um, oh, so <laughs> he's in heaven? Okay. <laughs> well, We've already got him. Uh, <laughs> a host of witnesses. <laughs> uh, the word is snafu. Uh, snafu. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. uh, feel free to text in or... Uh, you know, type in if you believe that's a cuss word. Um, we ask you not to Google it. Just we just want to know what your base thought is on that to find out what the, you know. And if you just let Brian say yes, it is a cuss word. No, but don't Google it. I don't want don't you to be predispositioned. Let's see what the average person out there is. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we got a big week. Start yeah, tomorrow. we had a week off last week. Yep. And because we were starting another small group. Right, right, right. And, uh, yeah, you had to go to Florida. Then I went to Florida. Yeah. And uh, guess what I saw? Uh, I saw Tom Brady's house. Yeah. Yeah, we swam by Seven Tom- times, right? Yeah, we swam by Tom <laughs> Brady's house. And I can make the fool of myself up on the stage. Yeah. But when it comes to being around other people, I get in, in crowds, I get really nervous. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm the guy that will get underneath the, the, the seat. So yeah. they wanted to go see Tom Brady's house. I didn't want to go because I thought that was kind of bougie, you know. It's like that's uh, it's, an, it's something. It's creeper. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it was like uh, so they drive by and I and I'm just kind of like sitting really low in the front seat, just kind of looking. <laughs> Jim Halpert in the office. Yeah, I just didn't want Tom to see me, you know. <laughs> oh, and, hey. He'd be like, Paul, what are you doing? I thought, but I didn't want him to see me. So, but there was a bunch. There was a couple of people outside that yeah. looked like athletes, and you know, everybody was hot and good looking and yeah. so i knew that we were like in a, yeah yeah so we, were, we drove past this house and everybody's freaking and looking at the house and so i'm like okay let's just go let's go well my wife capitalizes on this moment of insecurity of mine she tells my son-in-law turn around do it again do it again it embarrasses him that she she sounds that's just how her like voice that. sounds like that's exactly it it's like that woman from homer simpson what's her name Ma- marge marge yeah yeah marge. you know so we drive by again and sure enough they just love it because i'm like crawling on the ground in the front of the floorboards you know it's like drive by again drive by again and i'm like oh, what 35 years of misery if i put this woman through that she all of a sudden's like do it again do it again so tom brady lives in a beautiful house which i mean i don't begrudge him i mean yeah. if i was tom brady i'd live in a beautiful house yeah. like that too yeah but it's right on the water there in tampa bay and it was great they're playing this thursday it's the banner game mm-hmm. uh tomorrow they play the cowboys and they'll it's the first time you're gonna see him lift a banner without new england without yeah <clears throat> in the blue and red yeah and silver. yeah uh so uh we're 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 missing him yeah. um but while i was down in tampa bay uh uh, I had made a bet with my grandchildren that yeah. I could lose 20 pounds by the time I went to visit them, mm-hmm. and so or they could cut my hair off. <laughs> so the the day of driving down to Tampa, I was off by a pound and a half. Mm. So they were going to cut all my hair off. So before we left for Tampa, I went to the gym, um, exercised for an hour <laughs> on the exercise bike <laughs> in the elliptical. Did not eat any food or cucumber. drink. <laughs> Yes, induced vomiting two times, 
And by the time we arrived in Tampa, I was 192, uh, 192.6. I had lost my 20 pounds. So it was great to come back, yeah. and I'm eight pounds heavier. So, <laughs> as soon as he did it. As soon yeah. as I got back in Charleston, the chitlins just went in the gullet, you know? So, and you guys ever eat chitlins? Do you know what chitlins are? You, yeah? Yeah. Wow. What yeah. is it? Yeah, they're disgusting. What chitlins are, they? are uh, uh, it's a snafu in the cooking world. <laughs> Believe me, it's oh. a snafu. Oh, yeah, now uh, I hey, know what it means. Definitely. Yeah, well, Google it. <laughs> no, I want you to Google that. <laughs> so I'm only kidding. Um, so it's good to be here. Yes. We've got our friends here as well. So uh, yeah. uh, why don't you lead us off in prayer? I will. Thank you, Lord, so much that we get to come together tonight. We get to have fun. We get to look into your word. We get to figure, um, or, or we, we get to just study more about what you're leading us into as we try to become um, leaders in your kingdom, try to become leaders in our community, our families, and our, the places of work around us in our friendships and our relationships with our families, so on and so forth. God, we just pray that you'll inspire us tonight with your word as you show us more and more about who you are. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, did Brian, did we get any feedback on Snafu yet? Uh, you got to remember we got a two-minute delay. Oh. And then... Uh, <laughs> I love how you said that. Another, maybe uh, two minutes. Got to remember, we got. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, hey, just break in Sorry. at any time to let us know okay. if we get it. Uh, one of the questions that Absolutely. we had asked us from our uh, listening audience, right, <laughs> was what is the difference between judging and discernment? Uh, a lot of people say, well, Christians aren't supposed to judge. Don't judge, lest you'll be judged. Yeah, that thing. Yeah, yeah. so that you, you get that. And so we were asked to kind of maybe talk a little bit about the difference between those before we got started. Mm-hmm. Um, how I've come to understand the difference between when Jesus says, do not judge, and it's actually a different Greek word that he's using for that. It is the idea of, of resigning some play, somebody to a place of hopelessness or condemnation, mm-hmm. meaning that that's why he warns us about don't call anybody a fool or otherwise, uh, I think, raka or you will resist, you will uh, um, be looking at the fires of hell. And it's mm-hmm. like, why is he so strong about this? And the idea of judgment, as Jesus used it in that context, do not judge. It means to resign a person to a place of hopelessness even before God. Mm-hmm. And that we don't have the right to do that. We, no matter how bad we think a person is, we do not have a right to remove all hope, including divine hope, mm-hmm. of the redemptive hope of, of Christ. So he says, you don't have a right to do that, to kind of just decide, you know, screw them, forget them, they're a loser, they'll never be anything. He's like, no, you, you don't have the right to give up on humanity. Mm-hmm. And so that's what the word judgment means in that context that we hear a lot of people throw at Christians. Now, the judgment in the sense that we do use it is the word uh, discernment Mm -hmm. or making a distinction between right and left, right and wrong, green and red. You you make a judgment every time you come to a stoplight. Mm -hmm. You make some sort of discernment over what is going on there. When we make ethical decisions or, or judgments, we are discerning between what is right and what is wrong. 
The scripture never forbids that. Matter of fact, there are other places in scripture where it tells us to make a right judgment or a right distinction between right and wrong. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, there's another place, in, and as I'm thinking about it, and I think it's in Isaiah or it could be in Ezekiel, but he talks, to, he talks about a people that are cursed because they lose the power of judgment. They call good evil and then evil good. So they lose the ability to make distinction between right and wrong. So uh, to answer the question, when it says do not judge, it is, it is resigning somebody to a place of hopelessness that you give up on them and that you're communicating that God has given up on them. And God says we don't have the right or authority to do that. So That's a good answer. Yeah. Good answer. But other than that, we are called to make an ethical decision. Right. We, we hope that that's, that's how it works. Yeah. You know? So yeah. um, you may say, well, who made us? Uh, I mean, who has the right to be judge or juries? Mm-hmm. Um, ju- judges <laughs> and juries have the right to be judges <laughs> and juries. So, okay. So we're going to continue to talk about leadership. Yeah. Um, we talk about leadership in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Military, mm-hmm. sports teams, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Church, family. Um, but we learned that leadership is about giving somebody something to believe in, mm-hmm. in their life. Something about uh, not just the informational belief, but the path of belief, mm-hmm. um, the example of belief and, and the benefit of belief. And we also talked about how Christianity involves middle management. We're connecting people uh, at, uh, in leadership to other mm-hmm. things. I had an opportunity to meet with Tim Scott and a couple other community leaders yeah. last week about Afghanistan refugees coming to Charleston. And it was really interesting because I found that this leadership principle of being middle management really was in play. Is that I don't have the resources to give them, um, but I know the person that has the need and I know the person who has the stuff. And middle management is connecting the person with the need with the person with the stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's where we are in the grace world. We get our grace from God, but we know the person who needs it, and we connect them to God. Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll be hearing more about that at Crosstown, about how we're going to help uh, the Afghan people that are coming to Charleston. Probably be 130 of them looking for housing, getting into schools, getting resources and all that. Mm-hmm. And what we will do is the job of leadership, connecting, being the middle manager between those who have resources and those who have needs. Mm-hmm. But we find that that's really what goes on in Christian leadership, as opposed to this American idea that leadership is that you're the big kahuna, you get to call the shots, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's at home, you know, mm-hmm. I think dads are notorious for, for maybe misrepresenting the leadership role. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think my dad, probably one out of 10 times, he probably used the answer because I said so. Now, you always have the right to use that. Yeah. I mean, it's a present help in a time of need. Oh, yeah, because they'll wear you down with the same question. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Why, why, why? <laughs> yeah, but Pop never really felt like he needed to explain yeah. because he felt his authority was enough to convey mm-hmm. some sort of vision. Yeah. It's like, well, no, I'm, you conveyed fear with that, but you didn't convey vision. <laughs> so the moment you leave the room, I don't know what the heck I'm doing, you know, because you, <laughs> you have here? not trained me. Yeah. You haven't used leadership for that other component, giving mm. me something to believe in. So, and uh, Pop, you know, I made the same mistakes as well. Oh, yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking more about, and we're going to see this vision in play. Mm. I love this example. This might be one of my most favorite lessons I've 
ever been a part of at Crosstown. Mm. So this is like top 10. Top 10. Yeah. Okay. Um, you heard it here first. Yes. So um, we're going to visit the Apostle Paul, and he's on a hilltop in Athens where people are gathered all day long. It's called Mars Hill. Mm. And they are gathered just to find something to believe in. Exactly. So what are they actually asking for? They're asking for leadership. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for something to believe in. And so we're going to look over his shoulder at some of the key elements of leading people to believe in something because he goes through this. So if you got your Bibles with you, go ahead and flip open to Acts chapter 17. We're going to be starting uh, reading in verse 16. Mm-hmm. And we're going to watch Paul walk through this leadership process of giving these people something to believe in. All right, so why don't, you, why don't you start us off? Now, while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked within him as he was observing the city full of idols. So he was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be present. And also some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers were conversing with him. Some were saying, what would this idol babbler wish to say? Others, he seems to be a proclaimer of strange deities because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is, which you are proclaiming. For we are bringing some strange things to our ears, so we want to know what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the strangers visiting were used to spend their time in nothing other than telling or hearing something new. So Paul stood in the midst of Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I observe that you are very religious in all respects. For while I was passing through and examining the objects of your worship, I also found an altar with this inscription, To an unknown God. Therefore, what you worship in ignorance, this I proclaim to you. He goes on to declare the gospel of Christ to them in this. Now when they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some began to sneer, but others said, We shall hear you again concerning this. So Paul went out of their midst. But some men joined him and believed. Wow. Okay. So he's had this opportunity to, to talk to them. Um, but it says the very last line, but some men joined him and believed. Do you know how hard it is to get somebody to join and believe something? I mean, it's not an easy task. Paul got some of these people to believe and what he told them, and they joined him as a result of it. This is true leadership. This is what we're seeing in, in uh, play here. Uh, so what we've got to ask ourselves, do we just give out information to our spouses or to our kids? Um, or do, they, do we actually get them to join us? Because when we think about leadership, I think we tend to think about getting somebody to do what we want them to do because we told them to do it. And I think there's a difference between that methodology and getting them to join us and to believe what we believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because you, you can have a boss that's your leader at work and he, you do what he tells you to do. But there's a difference between that and believing what your boss believes and then joining what he believes. So, I, you know, as, as a parent, as a leader... Um, you know, I think a lot of times we just use our authority or our leadership to just get people to do what we tell them to do as opposed to joining us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so there's this coupling, coupling of true leadership here. They joined him, they believed him, and they believed what he believed. Mm-hmm. 
And, and I also think it's interesting that it says that they joined him and believed what he believed. Mm-hmm. There's a point, and I don't know if we realize this, but the disciples are called the disciples of Jesus before the disciples believe in Jesus. Mm. Okay, I don't know if we realize that when we read the gospel, it's said in the 12, we're following Jesus. But there's points, like two years into this journey, even though they're being called disciples, where they're, they're finally believing in him. Mm-hmm. But yet Jesus called the process of just joining him as being a disciple. So I think it's really cool how they joined Paul and then they believed Paul. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, people may not buy into what you believe, but they'll buy into you. They'll join you because there's something believable about you, even if they don't believe in what you believe in. Mm-hmm. And it's a transition sometimes, you know? I, I think we see that happen here at church. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people come and say, I really like your church. Mm-hmm. And it's really good church. I like your church. And, and then we'll see the transition is like, I really like our church. Mm-hmm. And you'll see that, wow, they've joined us. Then you'll see them, you know, get baptized. You'll see somebody become part of a small group. Then you know they've joined us and believed us. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's why I'm not fooled on a Sunday morning. If there's, you know, let's say five or 600 people rotate through Crosstown Church, I don't think all these people have necessarily believed me mm-hmm. or believe what Crosstown believes. Mm-hmm. I believe for a Sunday they join us. There are people who will go further than that and say, okay, I'm going to hang around here because I believe you guys believe what you're talking about. Have you ever believed in something because somebody else believed in it, but yet you weren't sure about it? Yeah. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's there's things. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, you can convince me of pretty much, I mean, I'll go. I'll go with you if you're like into it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll be like. I haven't thought about it from that angle. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> like, like the, yeah. I yeah, mean, just sit down with Toby for about that's 10 what minutes. I, I was thinking about one, the latest one, the latest yeah. conversation I had with him. With Toby, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you guys don't know Toby, Toby's one of our uh, leaders here. He yeah. works mostly in youth, but also is a yeah. graphic artist and does all, all the graphic artist work here. At, but Toby can get a hold of a con- conspiracy or whatever, and he will talk about it like... He's very knowledgeable okay, on it. I'll test you. I'll point him out to you. You just go up to him and ask him, what does he think about Nancy Pelosi? Okay, he's got a whole thing about how a starship landed on the... You know, and I mean, yeah. it's just like this whole thing. Yeah. He's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but he is so passionate about yeah. what he believes. You got to... You gotta like give him That's a few right. minutes. It's That's like, right. wow, he may be right. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. uh, so I was just trying to think about the latest conversation I had with him about something like that. It was yeah. very convincing. It's like that one thing they were so convincing in their arguments. I can't remember. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Spider-Man movie trailer. Yeah. 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 Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That was the last thing I was yeah. talking about the Spider-Man trailer with him. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he had a lot of different. And I was like, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hope that's true because it sounds awesome. <laughs> so it's sometimes you can get people to follow you just because there's something about you. Yeah. And we're going to talk about those three elements. They are, um, a guy named Aristotle came up with these. and um, A little guy. Yeah. <laughs> a little old dead dude. <laughs> but he came up with these and they really are. We're going to find that they actually play out in this story. They are very, very important components of leadership. Mm-hmm. 
and that make your leadership something that people will join and believe in. Mm -hmm. And I think we all want that. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about three words. We're going to talk about persuasion, passion, and personhood. These are the three pillars of um, a convincing argument, rhetoric, or uh, the principles of leadership. When you're trying to sell some, somebody on something, persuasion, mm -hmm. you're going to have to have a persuasion, you're going to have to have passion, and you're going to have to have personhood. Mm -hmm. and, and we'll talk about what these three are, and they always have to be together. If you pull any one of these guys out, the whole leadership paradigm begins to break down. Mm -hmm. Okay? So it's like a chorus. Leadership is a chorus about you. It's not just one single thing. Like when I was in the military, mm -hmm. you know, if the guy was ranked higher than you, you had to do what he told you to do uh, just because of rank. You didn't have to believe him. You didn't have to think he was good at his job. You just had to do it. But it was the lowest form of leadership. Is coercion through fear or retribution or I'm not going to get paid or I'm going to get court-martialed. And I, I kind of went through all those. Yeah. So, um, or with, yes, I was there for a few moments until uh, I pleaded non-guilty. <laughs> so leadership is a chorus of these three things. Mm -hmm. So we're going to uh, take a look at them. Mm -hmm. The first one is persuasion. Your life has to have the power of persuasion. The Greek word for persuasion is logos. Mm. Okay, it's, it's your word. Um, it's the reason for belief. You have got to have a reason for belief. It's got to be worked out in your head. You have got to, it is when somebody asks why I should believe you or why should I believe what you believe, mm -hmm. your logos, your word, or your persuasion uh, is very important. Mm -hmm. I particularly experience this with people who are unbelievers. And they ask, well, why should I believe in God? And, and I can, you know, but it's more than a good argument. And it's more than just being smart. It's, it's a flow of understanding. And uh, that is more than just a dictation of dogma and facts. Mm -hmm. So it's your, your power of persuasion is how much of what you believe is in you. And you can communicate that to another person. Mm -hmm. So... So you got to ask yourself, do your kids or your spouse or your coworkers understand what you're trying to communicate to them? Or after you finish talking, they go, well, I don't know what the heck he was talking about and just go on their way. You know, if you, I don't know if you have a crazy old grandfather or something like that, but you know how sometimes we, oh, yeah. as we get older, we'll just ramble stuff out. And I'd be like, oh, the old coot, yeah. you know, it's like, he's just rambling stuff about, uh, you know, um, yeah. Uh, you know, especially right now when everybody's talking about conspiracies, oh, yeah. that there's going to be a, a chip, the Antichrist chip is being mm -hmm. put in you with the vaccine oh, yeah, and, yeah. and all this other stuff that's going on. or, or, or uh, Yeah, they're going to track you, but yeah, yeah you still got a phone. Yeah, I, or <laughs> something like uh, Donald Trump was supposed to have been president by now, I think in August. They, right, a lot of well, people were convinced that he was coming back. They're very confused why he's still not why in the chair. Why he's still not yeah. in, right. Why, so, why, why President Biden's in his chair. Right, right. Your grandfather said that, didn't he? <laughs> wow, wow. Now, yeah. that's not the, I mean, I'm not saying it's okay to be, uh, it's nothing like, well, being wrong is being wrong. <laughs> but just know this. 
if you don't know what you're talking about, your power of leadership is greatly diminished. Yeah. If you don't have the power of persuasion, the logos, yeah. that's why I believe the Gospel of John is written the way that it is. In the beginning was the Word, the logos. Mm -hmm. and the Word was with God, the Word was God, mm -hmm. and the Word came and dwelt among us. It is that Jesus is the persuasion of God. Mm -hmm. He is the expose of God. Mm -hmm. We're told that Moses gave us the law, but through Jesus, the Father has been revealed to us. Mm -hmm. He is the persuasion of God yeah. and the word of God. Mm -hmm. And he's, he, he's, you know, so uh, we find that talked about. It says, and Paul was reasoning in the synagogue with the Jews and the God-fearing Gentiles in that place. Mm -hmm. So we got to ask ourselves, is there a, per, a power of persuasion when we're talking with our young adult children or our grandchildren or with our coworkers? What is your logos? What is your understanding of your persuasion? What is your argument? And I'm not talking about, well, I'm not good at arguing. It's like, no, but you, you need to know something about this Jesus. Yeah. You need to be persuaded of it. Mm -hmm. If you tell me that you think football's stupid, and I'll say, well, give me your top three reasons yeah. for thinking that football's stupid. Yeah. And you tell me, I don't know, I don't watch it. It's, it. it's like, well, okay, you're a moron. I mean, no, I'm sorry, that's a, that would be a judgment word. <laughs> yeah, not discerning. Well, I you have discerned, yeah. I guess, in so, a way. So let's keep it Judeo-Christian. So you're a schmuck, okay? We'll keep it Jewish, okay? Uh, in the words of Moses. In the words, yeah, yeah. Shlemiel. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, but sometimes you don't know what you believe. And um, that's a big part of it. So yeah. part of leadership is being able to articulate with persuasion what you believe. Yeah. And if you don't know what you believe or why you believe it, then maybe before you open your mouth and try to convince your kids. That's why I tell Christians, stop arguing about politics. Stop arguing about, you know, these crazy things about what the CDC is trying to do. We don't know. But the moment you start buying into some stupid conspiracy theory... You just sound like a loony bin, you know, <laughs> and you lose all credibility. Yeah. The proverb says that even when a fool is silent, he's perceived to be wise. So if you don't know your facts, mm -hmm. if you don't know anything about it, then just be quiet. Yeah. Um, but yeah. just know that it's part of the leadership package. Yeah. You ever wonder, I always wonder, like, what a coach, there's a different way to look, like an 0 16, like the last NFL game, and they're like, yeah. Jaguars coach saying the last game. Yeah. Still people go out there and get paid to play. I mean, yeah, you can say that, but the people still go out there and follow somebody that obviously he didn't know exactly what he was talking about or his team would have been better. Right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but, but they still follow him yeah. out there and play and go to battle and do all these other things because of yeah. the power of that word yeah. that he's got over his team and yeah. with his players. So. And when you add this to Christianity mm -hmm. and you're telling your kids, hey, we're going to church. Why are we going to church? Yeah. Um, that's the right thing to do. It's like, really? You know, well, dad, why aren't you going to church? I could, yeah, you go with your mother. You know, it's like, why aren't you got to go, dad? I could, you know, I, 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 yeah. so it's like, oh, you're you wondering why they're questioning your leadership. You can't even articulate it. So, okay. So that's one thing. Pers the power of persuasion. Mm -hmm. Second one is passion. Passion. Yes. Boom. 
Because if you are persuaded of something, the next thing people are going to look for is your passion. Mm -hmm. uh, we had logos was our first Greek word. Second Greek word is pathos. It is um, uh, your experience. Uh, it can even be translated your suffering or, or that which you have wrestled with and that which you're passionate about. In leadership, part of it is your personal investment and passion in the subject. Mm -hmm. If you're not passionate about Jesus, don't expect anybody else to be passionate about Jesus. I mean, if you really think Jesus died and on the third day rose from the dead and ascended to heaven and seated at the right hand of God the Father and will come again in glory with his angels to judge the living and the dead, and that doesn't somehow exude in, as passion in your life, then don't expect anybody to believe the dogma. Don't expect anybody to believe in your creed mm -hmm. if, they don't, if you don't have passion about it. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's really important. Um, people need to see that you're invested in the subject. Nothing is worse than receiving a message or instruction from somebody that you know is not passionate about it, that really doesn't care mm -hmm. about it at all. So um, passion is a really important part. Remember that part? What's it say there? Paul says, now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was being provoked, provoked yeah. within him. Yeah. It was like he was just, um, because he saw the city was full of idols. It was like Paul was just looking at all the stuff, all the profanity, all the crazy speculations about who God is and all these creature beasts and things like that and all these deities, and it said that his spirit was provoked inside of him. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he had passion. Mm. Um, he was passionate whether he was alone or whether he was, you know, yeah, with he a wasn't, group of he people. wasn't flipping a switch. Right, right. Yeah. It's not because now the lights are on, the microphone's going, dun, mm -hmm. da, dun, dun, and now I'm coming out to be your pastor, <laughs> and I'm going to be. And, and that's why I think a lot of people who have left church mm -hmm. is because they hear these. Uh, great doctrinal um, uh, sermons about living righteous lives and then they find the pastor is you know got a relationship on the side or stealing money from the church or mm -hmm. his kids hate him you know nothing undercuts the church more than leadership that lacks not only persuasion because we can have a lot of persuasive guys oh yeah great yeah. I mean I've heard a talented lot talented speakers oh yeah, yeah gifted communicators I, yeah and, um, but they lack this personal passion mm -hmm. in their lives for the things that they're talking about. Mm -hmm. so, um, so I think it's really important that we are, are, that Christ is our passion if we're going to try to share and that we're going to try to live in it. Mm -hmm. I, a perfect case is marriage. I mean, you can believe in marriage and that you made a marriage is a covenant agreement between God and man and your spouse. And I agree with all that. Mm -hmm. But wouldn't it be nice and a lot easier to convey if it had passion built into it? Mm -hmm. That's one of the saddest things is to find a passionless marriage. Mm -hmm. and, and then to get the next generation, well, you say, uh, well, kids, you really shouldn't live together before you get married. Well, we're not planning to get married. You're not planning to get married. Why aren't you going to get married? Well, we see how you and mom are, and we don't want to end up like you. Yeah. So sometimes we communicate the antithesis 
of what we believe because mm-hmm. we lack passion. Yeah. But when, I, when little kids see, like, for instance, your passion for your wife, mm-hmm. your kids pick it up. Yeah. They pick up how you honor her, how you cherish her. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my guess is that that is so believable that they're going to emulate it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I'm always talking whether I'm using my mouth or not. You yeah. Know? So that's, that's the, they're always watching. Right, right, right. And it's important to understand that. <laughs> well, and that leads us to the, to the third yeah. one. So we talked about the first one, persuasion. Then we talked about passion. Now we're talking about personhood. Mm-hmm. This, is the, this is the really important one. I think I love this one the best. But you need all three for leadership. Personhood is the appeal of credibility. The appeal of credibility. So you got your persuasion. You're passionate about it. Now the next thing somebody's going to look at is the credibility of your life to match what, the, what it is. Mm-hmm. So your argument is good, but then comes your credibility. That, that really determines the quality of whether or not somebody's... So you can be passionate about what is right and wrong, but your continuity to that passion is important, and that's where leadership gets its credibility. Mm-hmm. So when, as a pastor, it's really important for me to have the appeal of credibility. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why, you know, when I was talking about marriage, I brought my wife up. Because I wanted you guys to see whether or not this woman is a happy woman or an unhappy woman. I want to say, you know, if yeah. when I say something, she looks at me like, that's bullcrap. He doesn't do that. You know, <laughs> I, that's why I will ask, I will ask, and on, on, we don't do a lot of hiring around here, but if I hire somebody, I will ask, if I'm hiring a, a, a pastor, I will ask his wife about their, tell me about your husband. Tell me about your marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me about your husband's temper. Tell me, you know, and it's like I will hire or not hire based upon her answer. Mm-hmm. Or I'll talk to their kids, you know, and I'll find out. You know, I know teenagers can say all kinds of bull about their parents, but they won't make up lies about a parent's credibility, mm-hmm. you know. But it's really important. It's the appeal of credibility. So you may be listening today and you're like, well, I've been telling my, pe- my kids about Jesus and I've been inviting them to church, and it's like, okay, um, you're passionate, and maybe you tell them why they should believe in God, and that's cool. Is it possible? And it's not always the case, because not everybody followed Jesus, uh, and we know he possessed all these in perfect harmony, but it is a good question to ask yourself. Do I lack credibility? Mm-hmm. I, I, I would have to say, Every five years of being the pastor of this church, I ask myself, do I have the credibility, the appeal of credibility to go further as the pastor of this church? Just because I'm here and just because I was like kind of started it and doesn't mean I have the right to maintain control of it. I still have to ask myself, do I have the, um, the uh, persuasion, the passion, and do I have the uh, personhood, the appeal of credibility? Mm-hmm. But the moment I don't have the appeal of credibility, I have to step down. Mm-hmm. And I know some of you guys are, you know, little been around Christianity for a while. And I think we've all seen the fall of pastors. Um, mm-hmm. And the fact that a pastor would cheat on his wife or, I don't know, uh, 
yeah. abuses spiritual authority, whatever it may be. I, I get it. I know how that trail gets there. And it's only by the grace of God that, and I guess a lot of accountability in my life, that mm -hmm. I just haven't gotten that far. Yeah. I'm not saying I haven't thought it, but, uh, but I just haven't gotten that far. Mm -hmm. uh, but what dismays me is not that a man ends up there, is that a man would not step down when he got there. Mm -hmm. And what you see is that, okay, they, they get their, their wrist slapped by the elder board because this guy's too big. He's the brand. Yeah, yeah, he's the brand. He's bringing in the money. And, uh, and, or somebody's saying, well, who are we to judge? Yeah. Who are we to judge? Oh, yeah. You know, so, We're all and sinners. it's like, oh, wait a minute. No, he's, he's, yeah. he's sinned and he's forgiven. Yeah. But he has to be, the appeal of credibility has to be restored. First, with his children and his wife. Yeah. Long before he gets back in that pulpit. And talks about marriage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, and he's like, well, that's, the, yeah. that's harsh. Well, it's like, no, it's not. <laughs> Leadership has, has its, um, its quotient. It has its demands. And it's got to it's gotta be credible. Mm -hmm. um, now, what if you mess up? What if you are a dad and you've messed up? Well, then you just tell your kids you messed up. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know. I've, I've been around a lot of adulteries. And uh, the ones that I've seen get healed where the marriage would continue and have respectability, usually it was a man cheating on a wife, uh, is the openness to rebuke, to correction, and to um, uh, a, a program of restored authenticity and credibility. Mm -hmm. Like, and I would set men up on a journey like, okay, for the next six months, here's what we're going to do. You're going to turn in all your receipts. Okay? You're going to have your cell phone. Boom. Mm -hmm. Got to turn it over. She's, if she wants to ask you for your cell phone for the next six months or to a year, that you have to surrender at any time. And mm -hmm. if you have any other phone, then I'm recommending she divorce your butt. Okay? Because you're a snake. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, and any guy that's willing to do that is, to me has the potential of being a great leader in his family. Mm -hmm. It's not the adultery that disqualified him. It was the, the lack of appeal to credibility to have that restored in their life. Mm -hmm. And the apostle talks about those who fail be about restoring them with meekness and gentleness. Right, right, right. So I don't want you to think that, well, you got to get it all perfect. No. Some of the best fathering I ever done is to tell my kids, I am sorry I lost my temper. I am sorry I said mm -hmm. that to you. I am sorry that at that Christmas party, I drank too much. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, that actually happened once, yeah. I had to admit. I, uh, the boxed wine was flowing. Well, no, uh, it wasn't boxed wine. <laughs> That's what I don't think this crowd will know about because they don't look like a drinking crowd to me. But when I didn't, and this is a little side note, you may dislike me for it, but in South Carolina, they had this thing that I didn't know about. It was called Firefly. Oh, yeah. It's the okay. Oh, they're all shaking their yeah, heads. They're yeah, they're like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. oh, man. Talk about a present helping a time of need. There you go. I mean, that's what I was called. I may have been to a wedding or a few that had that as the only fact, option. It might have been your it wedding. It might have been my yeah. wedding. <laughs> but bottom line, it's like, well, I don't. I don't, I've never been drug past it, Paul. Oh, well, good for you. Okay. Um, yeah. But uh, I, uh, yeah, I messed up. I drank too yeah. much and I had to apologize to my kids and to yeah. my wife about, yeah, I think I did, overdid it. That was wrong. Yeah. And nobody held my feet to the fire. 
And it's not like, okay, now it's uh, like over a decade and a half, maybe two yeah. decades later. And it's not like my wife's now, are you drinking? Are you drinking? It's like, no. <laughs> my credibility was restored. Yeah. So yeah. forgiven was given. And see, forgiveness is creating a space for you to have your, your credibility restored. Right. Forgiveness is not making you credible again. And that's a big difference. Just because we're forgiven doesn't mean a pastor should get up in the pulpit. Okay? Mm -hmm. He's still got to earn his credibility. Um, mm -hmm. So any questions about that? Anybody have any? Yeah. I, I think if we saw that happen in the church with integrity, that, but what happens is we see some TV evangelist screws up royally, yeah. and then three months later he's back on TV, and everybody's just flocking out the money, and it's like, you know, you can't judge him. And it's like, okay. Maybe not. Whatever. <laughs> well. so, so, but listen to what, <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul, read, matter of fact, read Acts 24, uh, 14, and about... Paul states this credibility issue. But this I admit to you, that according to the way which they call a sect, I do serve the God of our fathers, believing everything that is in accordance with the law and that is written in the prophets, having a hope in God, which these men cherish themselves, that there shall certainly be a resurrection of both the righteous and the wicked. In view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. Yeah. Isn't that important? That's leadership right there. See, we think leadership is, in the, in the cocky way that we do it in America, is I don't give a flip what anybody thinks about me. So Paul's like, no, I, do, I live blameless conscience before God and man. I am concerned about what these people um, mm -hmm. perceive I'm doing. Mm -hmm. okay? now I, and he explains it to them, what he's doing. But he says, I got a clear conscience. You can go talk to my wife. You can go talk to my kids. You can go talk to my coworkers. And... And I uh, said, and even before God, I have a clear conscience. I think mm -hmm. that's really important. Yeah. And, and church people get a little haughty about that. We got we to keep it put together, right? Yeah. 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 It's like, I'm not going to let the government tell me what to do. Yeah. yeah blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh, please. I said, what about be submitted to the authorities that God's put over you? Mm -hmm. You know? And what about conscience before God and before men? You know? Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. um, real leadership. He allowed himself to be questioned. I mean, did you see what it said there? What is this babbler talking about? I mean, Randy, how long are you going to let me call you a babbler before you knock me out? You know? But that, but, I, and I'm like you. I mean, you're not going to get away with it too many times. But Paul's like, what is this man proclaiming resurrection of the dead? This babbler. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, did you call me a babbler, sir? How dare you, sir? <laughs> Bob's your uncle. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Um, he allowed himself to be questioned. So dads, and mm -hmm. I'm not saying you always got a lot. Sometimes you need to tell your kids, get away from the ledge because I told you so. Yeah. You don't have time to explain. <laughs> oh, let me just say. Oh, yeah, you got to. Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect example. I'm down in Florida. We were crossing up, a, a, not a major highway, but a highway with our bikes. A lot of cars going by, basically the game of Frogger. Okay. Real life crossing oh, road yeah. Frogger. So yeah. I told everybody and, and all the kids, get off your bikes and we're going to walk them across. But we're going to have to be quick about it. <laughs> so we're bringing across. Pick up your knees. Yeah. So little Polly is the last one to cross. So he's like seven <laughs> or nine years of age. And he's got his bike and he gets, a, and Chris is pulling his bike up 
and we get his bike over the curb, but Paulie's not over the curb yet. <laughs> but Paulie sees <laughs> his bike <laughs> over the curb and starts going, yay! And he's standing in the road. Chris has to reach and grab him and snatch him and pull him out of the way of traffic. Uh, yeah. Dawn, if you're hearing this story, we're sorry about that. <laughs> but You did what? But he, but he did not have time to explain to Paulie. Well, Paulie, what I'm concerned about, you know, but... We need to yeah. realize that, Dad, you sometimes explain yourself. If they ask you why we do it that way, mm-hmm. then maybe it's time to explain. Oh, they need to know the why a lot of times. Yeah. 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 More than just the how. Yeah. Yeah. Um, allow, he allowed himself to be insulted. Mm-hmm. That's leadership. We would say in America, don't you talk to me that way. I'm your boss. Mm-hmm. It's like, no. Leadership allows yourself to be insulted. And some might say it's how you show love. Yeah, some would say that. Um, but that we, but we show love it in a different yeah. way in Boston, don't we, Denise? Yeah. That's right. Yeah, that's what they say up yeah, there. Yeah, a little snafu. <laughs> uh, so uh, he allowed himself to be joined. Yeah. Okay? It's not enough that we just give somebody something to believe in. We got to let people join us. You know? I kind of want to do that. Let me explain the Bible to you. And then, then you go to your house. I'll go to my house. I'm going to swim, yeah. drink some uh, uh, Firefly, yep. and just leave me alone. Yep. You okay? ponder my arguments that I've given to you, yes. peasant. That's right. And then, <laughs> but no, Paul allowed himself to be joined. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a really important thing. You can't lead by dogma alone. You got to let yourself be joined. Mm-hmm. Um, there was always room for Paul. So... I think we could, we could stop right there and, ha- and have an honest moment with God um, and ask us a couple questions. And I wrote some questions that I asked myself that I believe the Holy Spirit gave to me. Are you good at making sense, but does your life make sense with what you are saying? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I can be good at arguing for the existence of God. I'm good at arguing for the historicity of the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. But does my life make the same sense? You know, if Jesus rose from the dead, why are we so scared? Mm-hmm. Why are we so anxious? And I would just say, moms and dads, if your kids are having a hard time believing and you've explained Christianity to your kids, maybe it's not your doctrine. Maybe it's your anxiety. It's like, wow, you talk about God, and, but you seem scared all the time, or you're afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think being logical or right is enough to make a point? Um, do you ever honestly reveal your heart to others about your struggles? That's part of the appeal of credibility. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know? So that's, people say, I can't believe that you're so open on Sunday mornings about your life. I can't believe you shared that. Like probably somebody was like, I can't believe he shared that he might have drank too much Firefly at Ricky's wedding. <laughs> was it your wedding? Do I you remember so. me? I think so. I'm being <laughs> a little sauced up. Uh, so uh, I might. Have it been. wasn't your fault. It I, was the it was the the bartender. The bartender. No, this the is, ratio was uh, right, way off. Right, right. I, I, no, there were people that came up to me and said, "I can't feel my face." Right, right. That was not our intention. No, no, no. And it really was. The bartender was <laughs> yeah. supposed to go half, half iced tea, half... No, they're supposed to go like 25%. 20, 
iced tea. Right. And then little bit of water and then 50% to 75% lemonade. Okay. And it yeah. was flipped. Yeah, yeah. Or there was, <laughs> there was no lemonade. There was a splash of lemonade yeah. at, at best. Yeah. So. But, um, yeah. but being honest with people about your weaknesses, people think, well, that's courageous. It's like, I'm not being courageous. That's leadership. Mm-hmm. It's like your, your job is to let people know that you have struggles with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have doubts. I mean, I have doubts about, about the global flood. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that the whole earth covered, was covered with water, you know, and, you know, we don't see it all in the geological record or we've got this Chinese group of people and I'm not, I'm not being derogatory. The real Chinese that yeah. actually have a written history that seems to go right through the f- period when the flood was as if they didn't die during the flood. Yeah. So it's like, Wow, when I hear that, I, I yeah. kind of scratch my head and it's like, well, what is, so, you know, I localized flood? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with yeah. that. But do I have doubts about it? You know, it's called faith because <laughs> we don't have certainty. <laughs> no. You say, well, I'm certain. No, yeah. you're not certain. I yeah. mean, we, we all live with a level of probability and, you know, we've been convinced to a high level of, of degree. Mm-hmm. But the moment it becomes certain, we don't have faith anymore because mm-hmm. you don't need faith. Yeah. It will pass away. We know in part. There's a little part we don't know. Yeah. Like how did the water cover the whole earth? Yeah. That's my part. Jesus raised from the dead, got no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that crazy? I got a problem with the flood story, but I don't have a problem with the reanimation yeah. of a dead body. You know? Walking through walls and... Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Him walking on water, no problem. No problem, Peter. But, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. But seriously, people need to hear that I can still be a leader in the Christian faith and still have my doubts. Mm-hmm. Your kids need to hear that you have your doubts. Yeah. I don't know is not the worst thing to right. say. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that- Especially in the face of tragedy. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah. There's yeah, nothing worse than somebody saying something, well, you know, when he closes the door, he opens a window, <laughs> you know, or it happened to him so yeah. that they would come to Christ. It's right, like, right. just stop it. Yeah. Just say you don't know. You don't know. Yeah. And you just trust in the mercy and the grace of God to work it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of conjuring up an answer that will kind of save face for God. Yeah. I don't he know. He needs to do his business for him down yeah. there. Yeah. So, um, uh, so if God reveals something to you that you have failed at, ask for forgiveness. Uh, and you would be surprised that somebody would actually believe and join something like that. Because mm-hmm. you're teaching them too. Yeah. You're teaching them what it looks like to mess up and to seek restoration yeah to do that that's how they I mean, especially with kids that's how they're going to get along in life yeah you don't want a kid that doesn't know how to do that and you can tell them to do it all the time yeah but to actually lead in doing it yeah i remember those points in my life when my dad would if he messed up he'd, he'd say he was sorry yeah and that's that was, cool that was formative you know yeah so yeah i remember um taking a bunch of navy guys out i think i might have shared the story but took a bunch of navy guys out uh, I was a designated driver. We oh, yeah, pulled into Port Canaveral or something like that. And so they said, hey, preacher. Because they used to call me preacher. At least uh, tick me off. Uh, I don't even like being called it now. Uh, but the, um, so I told them I would be the designated driver. Mm-hmm. And so, it, um, so I drove the van. And if you're in the military, you know, you get out and you, everybody does their 
shore leave and uh, well I started drinking and um, out of everybody there I ended up getting in a fight okay <laughs> so one guy got in a fight on the street with a, with a civilian and uh, so I just said hey to the civilian he turned and looked and I just knocked him out <laughs> But he was messing with my buddy. Oh yeah. But yeah. I was I was a little drunk. Denise, don't be shaking your head at me like that. I mean, <laughs> it, was, it was just a snafu. Yeah, just a snafu, guys. <laughs> just a snafu. Okay. All right. So, uh, which so, is definitely a cuss word. Yeah. Is it really? That's what Simon said. Si- oh, Simon. Simon. <laughs> he knows. Have you been with me this long and still not believe? <laughs> Again, that's how we show love, insults. Yes, that's right. And I just used a scripture to do it. I insulted him with a scripture. No, um, so what happened was, everybody knew I messed up. We all went back up, up to our, we had like eight guys in one hotel room. And uh, we're, we were all hammered. Well, uh, it was like the, that night or the following morning, I got up, grabbed my Bible, and I went out onto the balcony. And I got down, and I remember I was praying out of First John. If we say uh, we have no sin, we're liars. Mm-hmm. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all our unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. And I quoted that, and I said, Heavenly Father, I thank you for this new morning. It was morning. Thank you for forgiving me. I am so sorry for what I did, and I love you. Later on that night, because it rained all day, we couldn't go out walk on the beach. Mm-hmm. Two guys came to me on the balcony and asked if they could talk to me. And they, they asked if I would pray with them to accept Christ. Be, not because of my great success, but because they heard me pray that God could forgive me. And they said, if you could screw up like you did and you believe God forgave you, then we want what you got. Mm-hmm. It was, you know. Personhood. Yeah. Credibility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know. Mm-hmm. So don't let your failure make you hide. Because mm-hmm. the moment you hide from your kids, your wife, or for those around you, you become unbelievable and unjoinable. Mm-hmm. Because there's a part of you you can't give to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. that's why I'm kind of pretty much wide open about it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right. Do we have any questions out there, uh, Brian? Anybody? No, just comments no questions or anything okay uh, give us some of the comments i'd like to give a shout out for those people oh uh the simon saying that it's definitely well, other than simon do we have <laughs> another <laughs> shout it's out? an acronym and, and uh, it's from an world acronym war yeah. from world war ii yeah okay yeah he tell me he didn't google that okay <laughs> oh no, no no i googled that oh you googled it. he <laughs> said that it was a cuss word oh he did okay all right all right simon thanks for uh thanks for that simon uh anybody else that we uh, could mock some out there. people <laughs> saying that they're uh, they're here and waving. Okay, well, okay. good. Yeah, good. We got a very talkative crowd. Yeah. Up there. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of- <laughs> so well, I just want to give a shout out to Denise who did tell us that that word was a cuss word. Yeah, she got it. And um, mm-hmm. I just want to thank her. Yeah, not according to Merriam-Webster, but right. the Urban Dictionary, where most of us get most of our language. That's from. right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. So, okay. Well, yeah. I think that was a good study. Remember, personhood. Or persuasion, mm-hmm. passion, and personhood. The keys for leadership. Three Ps. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, why don't you close this out mm-hmm. in prayer. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you are the word. That you came in flesh, dwelt among us. That you were, I love what Paul said, like the, the expression of God 
to us. And I thank you, Lord, that you get to, that we get to um, together learn how you do leadership, learn how you, through your word, show us all these things that we can implement into our lives to become ultimately more like your son, Jesus. Lord, it's in his name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, We're glad you came, and uh, we'll be uh, going just a little bit further on leadership next week. Mm -hmm. Enjoy the football game. Enjoy it. Yeah. All right.